stay at home on nine to five, raising your babies with joy and pride. A real ass mom, your real ass mom, taking care of business. Ooh, girl, you're resilient. Cause you're a real ass mom, a real ass mom. Welcome to the Real Mama Pod. I'm your host, Devin. And I'm your host, Kendra. We are real moms. Sharing real experiences. The, the things people don't tell you. Hey, mama. Hey, how you doing, friend? I'm well. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I can't complain this week. So all is well. Okay. okay. Well, if this <laughs> is your first time listening, I'm your host, Kendra. And I'm your host, Devin. Welcome to the Real Mama Pod. Welcome. So, Welcome. We have a guest today, y'all, and this guest is super special to me because she's my line sister, and y'all don't think I'll be hazing my line sisters to be on a podcast. That's what I, <laughs> that's one thing I want to say. Okay, well, I your do whole love my... line has been on here, Devin. <laughs> right. So I don't know. <laughs> I do love my line sisters, and I'm close to almost all of them, um, but Keisha and I are very close. Uh, we've been close for a very long time, since we, like, crossed. Uh, we have so much in common. We're both Leos. We're both, like, just very, like, loyal people and just down to earth, and we got you. Like, if we don't have nothing else, we got you. We're going to support you, and Keisha's been that person in my life who's always been extremely supportive. We're each other's biggest cheerleaders. Uh, uh, it's amazing to see her little boys like grow up right before my eyes. And she's also like a little sister to me because I am a little older. I'm not going to tell my age or hers, <laughs> but we just always had that big sister, little sister vibe. And so to see her become a mom, it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. And then on top of that, she's a boss. Like she got all these degrees, y'all. She's killing it in her industry. She is an amazing mama. Like, there's no cap on her like she's truly amazing and she really um when you think of a leo woman it's keisha like it's her textbook all right leo leo woman (laughs) the leo woman the the lioness the lioness raw oh no 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 friend let's let's let's, go edit that one out okay no we're gonna keep it don't be don't be disrespecting my raw. <laughs> I feel like I sound like Simba right. in the Lion King. Yeah. So Lakeisha Jenkins, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Real Mama Pod. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. We're, We're so happy, happy to have you. Have you. We oh, are. You. I'm just, I feel blessed to be here. I love this podcast. Um, the women who have been featured on it, I just, it's its an amazing platform. So I feel honored to, to even be on it. So you ladies are, are killing it. Oh, thank you. Thank yes. you, Keisha. So Keisha, we always ask our mamas about their journey to mamahood. So if you can share yours, we'd love to, to hear it. Yeah, so um, my journey. All right. So I have two small boys. They are two in diapers. I can't say two under two anymore because my oldest just turned two yesterday. So, um, but they're still quite young. They're 17 months apart. And um, when I first got pregnant with Cairo, it wasn't really planned. It was kind of like a, oh, you know, we got pregnant and which is a blessing and um, very thankful for. Uh, but I just remember like being in this season of like just going, like you said, uh, Devin, just 50 miles or 100 miles per hour doing all the things in my career. I was at the time um, getting my MBA at Duke. I was, you know, just go- doing a lot. I was going up for a promotion at work, you know, just all the things. I was serving on boards. And, you know, when I got pregnant, my first thought was, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm in school. What am I like? How am I going to do this? And, you know, of course, I just, you know, did what I need to do and said, "Okay, I can do it. I can do it all. Women do it all the time. So that's kind of what I told myself and ponied up and um, was still in school. I didn't stop uh, while I was pregnant and while um, when I had him and I was 
in class all weekend, making visits to Raleigh-Durham area to uh, be there for my residencies with my cohort, all those types of things while pregnant. Um, and then uh, had him, was still in school and came back to work. Um, and I'll, I'll spare you the details in between that because I know that question is coming later, but went back to work, um, you know, was feeling, getting back to myself. Um, had just graduated and literally, I think it was like a month later because it was in June or July, found out I was pregnant again, y'all. So, and when I tell you, um, I don't know if there's a type, but I never thought I was the type to have two under two. Like I think about women who have like back-to-back kids or like, like in my mind, like super moms who've always wanted to be moms. And that was just like, you know, something that was in the plan for me. It wasn't quite in the plan. Um, I swear both of my boys were just like planned, unplanned, not really. It just was covering me. So, <laughs> and I know that sounds silly because my mom always says, if you get pregnant, it's because you wanted to. So, <laughs> hey, hey, you don't have to do if you don't want to. But, um, but no, so yeah, when I got pregnant with, with Kingston, it was like at another, like, okay, all right, I have not even a one-year-old yet. And I'm in my new role now because I ended up getting that that promotion. And, um, you know, we had plans. We want to move. We had all these things kind of to do in our family. And um, here we are kind of going back full circle again. So, yes, shout out to all the 202 mamas and the mamas of boys because it's, <laughs> it's a journey. <laughs> Indeed it that is. That's funny. Uh, I definitely feel your pain. I had a short stint when I had two under two, and it was not fun. It, I did that for two months. And, um, yeah, it wasn't fun. It was real ghetto. But you will get through it. They will be potty trained at some point. You won't have to buy diapers. Just try to enjoy it. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but the time flies. Like, the time really flies. Um, and I noticed that when um, when I get those time-lapse pictures from uh, the iPhone, when they say this memory, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you were that little because you forget. You really um, do. And you're like, oh, my gosh, where's my baby? So Your baby's jumping from couch to couch now. <laughs> pretty much. Spider-Man. <laughs> for real, for real. So, <laughs> um, but... If this is your first time listening, Kendra and I are very intentional with most of our episodes. Like, it has to make sense. And a lot of times we'll look at the calendar and look at the month and see what's going on that month. What awareness months are happening, those type of things. So, October is... um, National uh, Depression Awareness Month. And so Keisha has been very open about her postpartum depression and her journey. And we've never had a full episode about postpartum depression. We've talked about it vaguely with some moms, but we never really got in depth with it. Um, So we thought Keisha would be a very good uh, person to interview to talk about her journey with postpartum depression. And of course, she was very open to it. Um, So we do have a lot of questions geared towards that. And so, um, Keisha, knowing you for so long and then seeing you in your journey. And I remember I would check on you often because that's one thing, um, I felt like when I was pregnant outside of like Ken and stuff, I didn't really have anybody checking on me. Like, how are you doing? Everybody want to know about the baby, what you have in and all this other stuff, but nobody's really checking on you. Right. And so when you were pregnant, you will always text, 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 text. And it was like, after you had the baby, you would go weeks, days, months. And I'm like, is she okay? And, you know, as a friend, you don't want to pry. And especially as a mom, you don't want to pry because you never know what someone is going through. Um, but I just left it very open. Like, if you need me, let me know. I got you, girl. And it was times you would pop in and be like, hey, I have a question about this. And I'll be happy to answer the question or can you talk? Do you have a moment? But I knew something wasn't right. Right. And then when you finally told me, I was like, this makes so much sense. Um, So again, I didn't want to pry and I'm thankful that you shared, you felt comfortable enough to share your journey with me and talk to me and let me know when you were going, what you were going through. Maybe not in that moment, you know, you didn't feel comfortable, but you did let me know. And I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. And I just felt so much gratitude and knowing that 
you saw me as a person you could share that with. Um, so any mama who may be going through postpartum depression or may have experienced it or maybe even have baby blues, can you talk about your experience? What were some of your signs? How did you even know? Um, yeah. What did oh. that look like for you? Yeah, so it's interesting because when you just told me that, I had the same look whenever, when people kind of remind me of that period, mm -hmm. I had no idea that that, like that, those were the actions and the behaviors I was displaying. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've had friends say, girl, like I thought I did something wrong because you kind of faded to black. Like, you know, you never invited me over. I didn't think like you wanted me around. And I'm like, it just, I have the same look on my face because I'm like, wow, that, that time of my life is it's almost like a very gray period of like, you don't even, you were, I was a shell of myself. I don't even <laughs> recognize, you know, that person. But, um, so I would say interesting enough, I actually did not know I had postpartum depression when I had it. I didn't know until I got pregnant again. Okay. Gotcha. So here's the journey. So I had, um, had displayed these symptoms of postpartum depression after I had, Cairo and I'll get to what that looked like. But I eventually, once I got back to work and kind of poured myself into other areas of my life, I kind of started getting back to myself. Um, but when I got pregnant again, all those hormones and all that fear and all those things, anxiety, like hit me like a ton of bricks very, very quickly. Um, and it was very mixed emotions being pregnant again. And that sparked kind of this perinatal kind of depression now, right? So the whole time I had never seen a therapist, but at this point, I'm like, okay, this is something is not right. I'm pregnant again. I'm starting to feel these feelings. And I knew something was off. It, I, ex I explained it to a friend before that it's almost like if you have a cold and you keep blowing your nose, you keep you know, drinking tea, you know, you have these symptoms, but you just keep nursing yourself thinking you're going to like, oh, I'll get back to help. But you never truly go to the doctors. You never really figure out what is wrong with me. And it could be worse or maybe not than what you think, but you just never officially go. So that was me like, you know, okay, like I'm going to do these little things to try to make myself feel better, but I never knew. And then I um, went to therapy and she told me I had postpartum depression that I also had PTSD from my um, birthing experience because I had a traumatic birth after having uh, Cairo. I was hospitalized a couple days after having him and we were separated. And um, I didn't know any of those things. I, I felt relief because I'm like, okay, now this explains why things were the way they were because I had nothing to compare it to. I was a first time mom. I didn't know. Um, but when I look back and I think about those signs and, and behaviors, it was definitely what you just mentioned earlier. It was kind of this feeling of isolation. You know, me, like you were talking about being a Leo earlier. I'm very social, like very, um, you know, it's hard to catch me on the phone sometimes. You know, I'm not a phone person, Devin, but you know, like I want to chit chat, engage, FaceTime, like. And a lot of my closest friends hadn't heard from me. You know, I was kind of just in my own little like hole. And then um, I would say the biggest thing were the the thoughts, like the self doubt, the insecurities, um, just the feeling of like this loneliness and like you're not. I just remember thinking to myself, you're not good at this. You know, you're not like looking like all these other moms like get it right. They can do all these things and they're picking it up so much easier. And I felt like I was just like struggling. And with Cairo, he um, had a lot, a lot of digestive issues. So he was fussy, gassy, and this boy could cry. What I tell you, like we were just like, what in the world? And I used to be like, oh my gosh, is he colic? And Kevin was like, my husband was like, he is not like he's not. But in my mind, I was like, he he really would cry a lot. And um, I just remember this feeling of hopelessness because I could never soothe him to get him to stop crying. And my husband would. Other people would. My mom would come over and she'd be like, oh, what, baby? Look at me. I'm not a big deal. Like, you know, she would just quickly just get him to calm down. And 
I would be looking like, oh my gosh, like I'm his mother. Like I should be able to do this. Why, why can't I do this? And then it turned into every evening, you know, a lot of moms know about witching hours. That 5 to 8 p.m., whatever stretch where kids just naturally, babies start to just flare up that fussiness and irritability. And I just remember that the it would be dark out and the sun would go down and my anxiety would start, my whole mood, everything would just like, I'd shut down. And, you know, I was going to be like, you okay? Like, you good? But he needed to get his rest so he'd be up in the morning so he could do his shift. And I was just like fading, like on the couch, just panicked, panicked. And that's not like me. You know, normally, even if I don't know something, I'm going to go in, you know, two feet flat on the ground, firm, and just dive into whatever the situation is. But motherhood at that time as a first time mom humbled me in a way that I never expected. I'd be so vulnerable and, you know, and really helpless in a lot of ways. So that's, that was a big thing. And also just being like, I know a lot of, um, first time moms, you're already just super cautious, careful, anxious about a lot of things. But for me, it was times, it felt like times 10, you know, and then I was used to being in school. So I was very type A, like with my mothering experience, just clapping everything on the app, doing everything by the book. Like, no, he has to get this much. It was just like too much. And I look back and I'm like, gosh, like that was, I was doing the most, like that was a lot. You know, so. All yeah. moms struggle. I've yeah. never met a mom who has not struggled. And if there is a mom who says that she doesn't or hasn't struggled, I would really question, like, that can't, that has to be far from the truth. Because right. especially, like, being a first-time mom, there are so many things that you're not used to. There mm-hmm. is nothing anyone can say or do to prepare you for parenthood mm-hmm. your mom could be living in the same house as you mm-hmm. and raise you from birth to whatever and there's nothing that anyone can do to prepare you for this journey because it is an everlasting journey yeah. um it and you, you said you you're you were away from your son you were hospitalized after you gave birth and you were away from him for a, a little while or a short time can you share why you were hospitalized? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I later realized one of the triggers of like of the postpartum was likely due to um, my complications post-birth. So I developed postpartum preeclampsia um, a few days after going home. Well, I'd only been home for two days and my blood pressure was sky high. It was in the severe range. And I had started displaying symptoms of preeclampsia, like of a, a probably been one of the worst headaches I'd ever had in my life. Um, I felt just like dizzy, like I just couldn't walk from the bed to the bathroom. Um, I just felt bad, bad. And you 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 anticipate you're not gonna feel your best after having a baby, but this just felt different. And mm. I did have a doula um, when I had both my boys and my doula when I had Cairo was the one who identified that I need to take my blood pressure and I need to call my doctor. And thankfully she told me that because when I checked my pressure, it was really, really high. Um, And my doctor was very concerned, uh, brought me back into the hospital and um, I had some treatment there. Um, but at the time, you have to remember too, like, let's see, I had Cairo in 2021. So it was at the tail end of COVID, but COVID precautions were still being met. So mm-hmm. um, I couldn't have him with me in the hospital. I couldn't really have visitors. I could only have Kevin. So I couldn't have, you know, any family, my, my parents or anyone. So I was literally in the hospital bed by myself, wondering if my baby's okay. I'm trying to pump. They're telling me to keep pumping because, you know, you got to like, don't stop or mm-hmm. it's going to mess you up. So um, that was a big, probably, gap in my um, my experience. And while it was only less than a week that I was um, that I was there, it's that's a couple of days that you're without your newborn. Like, yeah. you know, your newborn, when you first have a newborn, a couple, 
fresh out a couple days. They belong right here on your chest. They need to hear your heartbeat. You need to know that they're okay and they need to know, you know, be able to be with you. And I remember just coming home from the hospital feeling like a couple days felt like like weeks, like months, because it felt like, what if I miss? You know, I got my, my husband and family telling me what my child likes. Yeah, he's not he's not gonna like that. You might want to give him this. But I'm like, it's my baby, you know. So mm-hmm. I felt like I had missed something. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, and just try to pick up from there. But I just didn't realize that between that, the stress from school, hormones, let's not forget like a lot of um um postpartum depression and, and mental um health is triggered by just hormones that you can't control as mm-hmm. well things in combination there you go so yeah um I had preeclampsia with my son uh but it was before I gave birth to him and I was hospitalized for a month before having him so I could not leave the hospital until I had him and he was in the NICU for two weeks after I had him because he was premature so while I don't understand the post preeclampsia side, well, in, in some ways I do because of the process that you have to go through to, to regulate your body. But I can only imagine or I, I understand how you feel uh, in that space. So it, it's very taxing on you mentally and physically. Uh, and the fact that you had to be away from him while you're trying to get yourself together, which is hard because you're worrying about your child while also trying to get yourself together. So um, sending all love and hugs to mamas who are experiencing preeclampsia because it is very serious and sending you warm and happy thoughts of comfort and love because you're going to get through it. You are. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. And I think sometimes um, we get caught up like in social media, right? Because <laughs> it's like you see these moms doing all these things. And I think, it's getting better with moms keeping it real. Like this is hard. Mm-hmm. Like these toddlers are <laughs> terrible. <laughs> they're, they're terrible. We love <laughs> they're, them, but <laughs> they are traumatizing. Like they will traumatize you. And and honestly, and I've been very upfront about this. Like I do not like the newborn stage, and I don't. I do not feel bad for saying that. It is taxing. You're leaking. You're bleeding. Your your hormones are all over the place. You're tired. Pain you're irritable. <laughs> you're fussy. Jared called me fussy one time, and we got in an argument about that. And it's just like, it's just like you cannot get a grip. Like those first three months are hell. And yeah. as much as you want to enjoy your baby, you do, right? You do, you do. It's like you have those moments of joy, but it's a lot of moments of chaos. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what is going on? Like, this can't be real. Like, nobody else is experiencing this. Nobody else's baby is having a witching hour. Well, in fact, it's very common. Drew went mm-hmm. through that shit too. And when I tell you, <laughs> when you said, when you, when, First of all, this is why I thought Drew was going to be my only one because that boy put me through hell, okay? He was textbook everything, and I thought he was colic. I tried to take him back to the doctor, too. He's dramatic. He be real dramatic. I said something wrong with this baby because <laughs> ain't nothing working. He, like, the doctor checking out and everything. She was like, right. I'm like, no. Girl, when you talking crying. about, when you said your baby didn't sleep, my, Yes, your baby cried and had the high pitched scream. He still cried with a high pitched scream. Um, didn't sleep, hit every single um sleep regression there was. Um, started sleeping through the night at the age of four. When I tell you, when I tell you, I've been there, girl. Like yeah. I've been there, and you know, and I think that's the reason why we uh started this podcast too, because it was so so much false sense of reality and it's like no like you can be a happy mom but you can also keep it real like this ain't for the faint heart and if you don't want kids don't do it because you're not gonna be happy and as much as they're my pride and joy and I love my boys and I wouldn't trade them for the world but you have to want this in order to be like 
sane at some point. Yeah, you know, and love yourself. And, to love, and yourself. love yourself. You really yeah. have to love yourself because I I don't know how to explain it. Like you really yeah. can't put like put it into words. You kind of have to experience it, but you have to want this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just like um too like you know having a supportive partner helps having a village helps those things do help but sometimes you still just feel alone like when when I couldn't produce milk for Drew because I had a traumatizing experience as well and I'm I'm sitting at the pump and literally drops are coming out and I'm like how am I going to feed my baby because I felt this pressure Um, I'm a failure because I cannot feed my child literally and I have to give him formula. So when you were talking to me about, Oh, like, I don't know. Like he's still fuss. Give him the formula girl. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the mama to tell you a fed baby is the best baby. Don't kill yourself trying to make more milk. If you got to supplement, if you got to mix, if you got (laughs) to do every other bottle, do what you have to do. That's going to work because people are breastfeed your child you to death. And then you feel like you're in a failure because Mm -hmm. you can't produce the milk. So I hope people are still doing that. I really hope. Listen, them Facebook groups. (laughs) It is like, and that's the thing. So the beauty about having kids back to back is that, you know, I had my experience with Cairo that was rough postpartum, but then Mm -hmm. the blessing was I had King right after and totally different experience. Mm -hmm. The experience that it should have been. Mm -hmm. And it was the experience I wanted it to be. And one of those things um, on the topic of just breastfeeding and feeding your child was that with Cairo, I remember being so just hard on myself about, you know, I didn't want to break down and get formula. I was measuring every ounce that he got. I was putting things in the app. Like I was so type A about it. Y'all, when I had my second, I said, listen, this baby going to get what he wants. Like, <laughs> And if I'm not making it, we're going to mix it up. We're going to do whatever he wants. Guess what? That baby is chunky and happy now. (laughs) He got rolls for days because he has been happy. And it's just like, I just knew. And another thing is, I just personally didn't like nursing. Everybody's different. Some some women, mothers love nursing, hate pumping. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of, I think, an anomaly because I actually like pumping. I know. Sometimes, like, moms are like, (laughs) Yeah, I'm that mom. (laughs) (laughs) What? Tell you why I actually preferred because it was so painful. Nursing was so painful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, probably even worse for my second, but it was so painful. And then the second thing is, and then I realized it's kind of like something I realized later psychologically. Remember, I told you everything I told you after having Cairo. I remember pumping. I felt accomplished. I felt like, and I would, I did produce well after I gotten into my rhythm. So I'm filling up, you know, my, my pumps and I had my pumping on timed out. Like I knew when I needed to pump. And I actually liked that because it gave me routine. Mm-hmm. Having like, you know, uh, an infant, you know that they run your schedule. You don't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And when I pumped, I knew that was the one thing I almost like had control of. I was like, okay, I'm pumping on my, like when I know I need to pump and I don't know. That was just me. But, um, and then it happened the same, the second too. I was like, all right, nursing isn't working for much longer. I did it for like a month and a half. And then I like to be on the go when I can. So I also like that flexibility and freedom. So, um, if I need to go run and get my nails done or do something, I, I just found that pumping gave me that, um, little bit of freedom back, but, um, I didn't produce as much with King because I didn't keep up with it as much. So I had to supplement with formula and he was fine. Like, he's fine. He's going to be fine. Was you fine. have to do what works for you and your family. He was calm. Mm-hmm. Like, great. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so with your second King, uh, did you experience any baby blues, any postpartum depression? And how did you... So it seems like you were diagnosed after... You found out you were pregnant with King. So did you go to therapy while you were pregnant with King? And what did that look like for you? Do you think you're healed? Do you feel like you're healed? Is it still a journey? Um, And do you have any of those thoughts or feelings the second time around? Right. Okay. So I will, I'll tackle the first, first question first. I don't forget. 
No, I did not have postpartum depression or anxiety after I had Kingston. I had the most beautiful postpartum experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for that. And that was a huge part of my healing. Um, but to take a, a step back into your next question around um, therapy, yes. So I had started therapy um, when I was pregnant with Kingston because I was starting to feel those symptoms again. I'm like, not happy. Like, why am I feeling like this? And now I'm even more so anxious because I don't want to experience this again. Like, what if I get postpartum again? Mm -hmm. um, so those were some of the things that were on my mind. So speaking to someone regularly, and she specialized in maternal mental health, um, that did wonders because she was able to affirm me and to give me that space to process everything that I had been through um, versus just kind of keeping it internalized because mm -hmm. any mom knows you push through because you have a child who needs you and you often neglect yourself. So mm -hmm. whatever I was feeling, I was just internalizing it. Mm -hmm. Like I would tell people my birth story because I have another part of my birth story, like how I actually delivered Cairo with no doctor in the room and all this stuff. And it was like, you know, just a blatant, like, okay, experience, you know, that as a, and black maternal health, we often get neglected. It, I had one of those stories the first go round. Thankfully I had a doula, but all of those things kind of like tumbled into each other and I had never processed it. Mm -hmm. Never. And I would tell the story, but like, I never really understood the effect that it had on me. So mm -hmm. having that space to do that in therapy helped. Um, recognizing the tools that I needed to tap into to start feeling like myself again helped. Um, and the reason I say helped was because through that whole journey, I didn't just go to therapy and it was like that. Mm -hmm. No, it was a rough pregnancy. I'm not going to mm -hmm. like lie. Like Cairo, when I was pregnant with my first, I had the most easygoing pregnancy. Like you wouldn't even think I was pregnant. Like I was just like, I was traveling for work. I was like you said, I'm texting all the time, mm -hmm. fully myself, no issues. Um, it didn't hit me until after. And then I had my second during my pregnancy. Mm -hmm. but was rough. It was really mm -hmm. rough. So I was working through those feelings again, um, trying to find the right care team because I was traumatized from the first experience I had in the hospital. So I wanted to make sure my OBGYN was there. Uh, my obstetrician was there to deliver him because she wasn't last time and it left me in that vulnerable situation. So I, I remember breaking down, crying in her office, telling her what I had gone through. And she cried with me and mm -hmm. she just said, Keisha, I had no idea that you went through that. I had no idea. I had no idea. And she was literally tearing up. And she said, I have always known you to be like spunky, talking like yourself. And I was a shell of myself, even pregnant, talking to her about it because I had left the practice and said, I don't want anything to do with this practice because of that experience I had. And the only reason I came back was I said, you know what? It's not her fault. She probably didn't know. And that's when I told her, but I was in my third trimester at that point. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was not overnight. And then, um, one of the things that I did do for myself though, that I will always appreciate is, um, and you know, this Devin, like, you know, I used to always do my retreats mm -hmm. and I'm all about like, you know, wellness and, just finding that time for yourself. That is a big, big part of my self-care and who I am. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember as crazy as it sounds, I am, I was eight months pregnant, eight months pregnant. And I used to do these little, these retreats and things for the new year. Cause I love the new year. I love bringing it in the right way. So I told my husband, I'm like, listen, like I want to do a solo little trip by myself and, you know, I didn't do it on New Year's exactly like I wanted because I wanted to neglect the family. But I was <laughs> that damn family. <laughs> Can't you have my me time. <laughs> I said, you know what? All right, I'm going to go the next weekend. And I was like, don't worry. I won't go far. I'm going to go to a bed and breakfast that I went to about three years ago. You know, it was two hours away in Maryland. And I went there. 
And I just had my own like solo little spiritual retreat with myself. I told myself, you know, I wasn't going to have technology, really. I wouldn't be on my phone. I brought my Bible, brought my journals. I was just, you know, watching sermons, praying, and just enjoying time with myself, bonding with my baby and talking to God. And that is when I finally had my breakthrough spiritually because all that time before that, I'm telling you, y'all, like I was at that point when I was pregnant with Kingston, I was on my knees begging God to give me answers. Why am I going through this? Because I had, I had never dealt with, I didn't even know like how to identify with somebody who had depression. I didn't know. And it makes me want to hug my loved ones tighter who have dealt with, you know, or are still dealing with any mental illness because you just don't, it's not something you can control. And like any illness, whether physical or mental, you are, you are humbled, you are vulnerable, you are at your knees just praying for God to, to heal and to be there with you. And that's kind of the space I was in. But when I took that trip, you know, I finally kind of got that answer back. And that was, I brought you to your knees to give you perspective. Because one day you're going to end up sharing this story and y'all like, I didn't want to do this. Yeah. And in so many, how many times did I text you kind of trying to back out of it, like slightly, like, so like I was trying to find every reason in the world to not do this, but I had to remember what God told me I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, to share this and to, to give me insight and understanding and, um, the beautiful part of it all is I, when I had Kingston, um, I remember when I delivered him and I pushed him out, I was bawling, but it was this crying of not pain or anything. It was just like this release of like everything that I had gone through. I knew when I had him that that storm and that period of my life was coming to an end. I just knew it. And it was true because from that day forward, I've, I have not struggled with, with the things that I was struggling with. Now, granted, you have, you deal with your normal, like, you know, sleep dep- deprivation and, you know, just being hard on yourself, just those things. But as far as the place that I was in, like, no. And I always, you know, I call him my little angel baby because he really stuck with me while I was pregnant giving me the strength that I needed. And he's still, you know, like my little, my little angel. And, um, you know, with him after having him as an infant, yes, the newborn stage was hard, but this time I got to just appreciate it and enjoy it. And I got the experience I didn't have before. So he truly is a gift in that way. And it made me a better mom just in general with both boys, with Cairo and with him. So it all kind of came full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy, you had your toolbox of ways to care for yourself. You took that cell location, which seems to be that the, the turning point for you getting back to Keisha. Um, so your angel baby bless him and bless you and your family um so Keisha I have a question about building back your sense of community so I'm sure your family and friends were aware um or at some point they felt that Keisha's not herself I mean Devin shared that early on in the conversation and you actually you had to get back to building or reconnecting with those family and and friends and if there is a mom who is experiencing postpartum depression and she doesn't really know how to reconnect with her family or friends and she's trying to get out of this, I guess, bubble of isolation, what advice would you give to her? Yeah. You know what? I would say even that is still a process. I am, I'm not even, I could sit here and say I'm 110% back to my old self. No, I still get a little social anxiety, just a little bit. It's not that mm-hmm. as bad. 
But for instance, one of my best friends um, from FAM, y'all both know her. She lives in Atlanta. Um, <laughs> she also hey has girl. a child. <laughs> we, uh, her and her family came to visit this weekend um, to stay with us for Cairo's birthday. And leading up to them coming, I was feeling this like anxiety. And that's about me. And I'm just like, but I'm just not used to being as social as I was. So even those moments can be hard. But once she was here, I was like, okay, like, you know, every it's cool. But I do have to push myself because, you know, even moments like today and doing this, I want to talk myself out of it. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I really want to do it. Um, I have friends that I grew up with that childhood friends that live close by in the area. And, um, you know, they'll want to hang out, drop by. Once again, I will come up with excuses and they will just be like, nah, I'm, I'm already down the street. So, and I'm just, and then once they're <laughs> here, I'm good. But that was never me. So it is, it is a process and a journey still, even with that, with like, you know, because just in general, regardless of, of postpartum depression, motherhood can kind of absorb like into your life to the point where you're just like, I don't think I have enough, you know, conversation and laughs to give my girl right now because my mind yeah. is just not there. And yeah. I have to push past that. But I would say like as a little tip for the mom who was like, all right, how do I kind of like just push myself to get back to feeling like myself? Connect with the mom. I mean, sorry, connect with the friend who's not a mother. Because this is what would happen. My friends who had, who had children too, or most of my kids like just had a baby like I did. Um, all you do is talk about motherhood a lot of the time. Yeah. So you talk about your babies. You compare. Oh, you know, my kid is breastfed this, breastfed this on, mine this on. Oh, is he crawling it? Or you're just constantly talking about, you know, the baby and motherhood and all that. The times that I felt most like myself was connecting with my... I have a really close best friend who does not have kids and nobody brings me back to myself like she does. And you know who she is too, definitely I'm my sister. And we actually just talked before this because I'm going to talk my phone out of this. But she has a way of reminding me of just being Keisha, not Keisha the one, but just, just being me. So we laugh mm-hmm. different. Our conversations sound different because it's not all surrounding motherhood. And I'm telling you, like, that's the trick. Sometimes yeah. if I just want to kind of feel like myself, like that is, that's my, my bestie that I call. I, I think that. it's hard for moms to become social again after they have a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not as social as I was before I had Eli mm-hmm. and he'll yeah. be four soon. Yeah. So I don't know if, if it's a layer of anxiety or what I have no clue, but it's almost like you have to, find yourself again as like Kendra, the mom. It's like, I hope nobody's coming to talk to me about motherhood because I just want to, I want to talk about something else. Like you you said, Mm -hmm. Keisha. So I think that was a really good tip or idea to connect with people who aren't going through the same thing you're going through just so that you can be reminded of who you were before you had a kid because Mm -hmm. she still lives in you. Right. And, And she needs to come out in some way. So I, I completely understand how you feel there with just having that layer of anxiety when it comes to being social, because it's yeah. still hard, at least mm-hmm. for me. I don't, I'm really not as social as I, I used to be feel, at yeah. all. Like, it yeah. does feel awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It really I does. Know, I don't know why. Even with other moms, like it's just, I can't explain it. It's, it's yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, I feel you, you get- girl. Yeah, you get stuck in this routine, right? And I was just talking to another line sister the other day, like, um, because Jared is getting ready to leave. And if you know me, you know, I'm always preaching about schedules. Get the schedule. If you stay on the schedule, you're going to be good because everybody knows what to expect. But lately, I've been having feelings of I don't want to do the schedule. It's just so redundant. And I'm just so (laughs) sick of it. Like, I'm sick of the schedule. And I know it's going to save me. And I still go by the schedule because it's good for the boys. But I have this resistance almost to the schedule, right? And so it makes no sense because I guess I want some spontaneity. And so 
I think that's what I'm struggling at because it's like the same thing. Every Friday, I'm ordering my groceries. Every Saturday morning, I'm picking them up. Yeah. On Sunday, I am cooking my groceries after church. And it's just like, you become I a whole new person. Right. I'm like, I feel like a damn robot. Yeah. Um, but also, at the same time, if I don't do my schedule, I'm going to spiral for that whole week because nothing is planned, right? Um, so I think that comes with some of that social anxiety because you have so much you have to do. You have so mm-hmm. many boxes you have to check. You have to make sure your family's okay. Then you feel bad for leaving your kids. Even yeah. though they with their daddy, you still feel bad and you have this guilt. Oh, did he give them the right food? Did he bathe them the way I would bathe them? Did he do this? Did he do that? So you can't even enjoy yourself because you're so busy over there when you should be over here so yeah so I think we definitely need to give ourselves grace I think hanging out with and talking with friends who don't have kids is actually a really good idea um so thank you for that tidbit and I just want to say kudos to your friends who just show up like I'm that friend who don't care Mm-hmm. You tell me not Kendra could be going through something. She's like, I don't feel like to, I'm gonna call you till you answer the phone. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't like to be bothered. If something's yeah, wrong, like to be funny. I will just. I would call. I would call her. I would call her <laughs> husband. I'll drive to Atlanta if I have to. Right. So it's just like sometimes you need those friends though because you can't get in the Absolutely. shell. You feel like you can't show emotion or you can't be vulnerable because you're so used to being tough and not mm-hmm. showing emotion and being this strong person. It's like no, there's beauty in vulnerability. There's beauty yeah. in those tears. It's healing yeah. when you cry, and. I'm going to be that person and be like, I don't care if you're crying. Ugly cry all you want to. I'm still coming over. So kudos to those friends who's popping up on you because yeah. you don't realize how much you need that until you have it, right? Um, and then you just realize, oh, I am okay. Like, I was just you know, having this anxiety about this issue, but it's really nothing. Like at the end of the day, these people that's popping up on you, they're family. They're, they're no yeah. longer friends. They're family. Right, so right. they're going to see you at your worst and they're going to see you at your highs, but you still need them to show up. And so right. anyone who's listening, who's not a mother yet, but have friends that are moms show up for your mom friends, even yeah. if she's being difficult, just show up for her because <laughs> yes. it, it really, it really helps us. And sometimes we need, someone to reel us back in and have us stop and pause i'm like girl you all right f them kids we need to say f them kids sometimes yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i'm telling you i always say the best moms say f them kids yeah yeah you have to have to literally say it out loud because you are so engulfed in them that's not something they will be fine yeah. They will, and they know you love them, and you know you love them, but you yeah. gotta love you too. Yeah. Yep, you do. I gotta put me first, Lucius. I gotta put me first. <laughs> well, Keisha, this this was a really good conversation. I really do appreciate your vulnerability. I yes, appreciate all the tips that you've given our moms who may be listening, or our new moms who may be listening, and um, thank you just for sharing your story. Seriously, it it was it was really it's heartfelt. Needed. Yeah, I need it. It's needed. So now it's time for some mama juice. Yeah, I need me a sip. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, you I'm know, not, y'all see me drinking my water. It's the mama juice. I know. I, and I'm not <laughs> drinking right now. Yeah, I'm not drinking right now. So I will be observing, but y'all okay. enjoy. Yeah, I'm also. Yeah, I've, I've adopted that lingo because I'll be sipping my, my wine. And of course, like, Kyro's at the age where he wants to drink every yeah. time drinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, baby, that's mama juice. Mama yeah. juice? Yeah. Mama, yeah. Mama, yeah. Mama, they know mama yes. juice. They know mama juice. They, they sure know. do. They know not to touch mama juice. <laughs> Say, mommy, is that your juice? Yes, don't yes. you even don't. think about touching my juice. Only mama. <laughs> I'm also, I'm drinking water too. I'm not, I'm not drinking. I'm trying not to drink alcohol during the week. Mm-hmm. But, um, Keisha, your drink is actually a sangria, which is another reason why I'm not drinking it because it needs time to sit. So, yes. So since we are in the month of October, we're speaking about depression awareness in this month. I figured we would make a fall drink. So this is like a fall sangria. And Keisha has shared that she likes wine. She did send us two wines that she likes. She likes red wine. She likes white wine. And the white wine she selected was a 
I can never say this freaking way. Blanc. <laughs> you y'all you know they said it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, and and Keisha's drink is called It's a Journey because she has shared her journey. And I don't know when I think of fall, like I always think of this like beautiful autumn field with trees and like a trail and it's like a journey to get to the other side i know i got a little too deep but anyways get deep girl it's a journey <laughs> and oh. what it has is our white wine that i cannot pronounce and it has a fourth a cup of orange liqueur it has two cups of apple cider vodka mm. is optional uh if you don't drink vodka or you don't drink liquor you don't have to add it but it is optional um, and it has apples, oranges, cinnamon sticks, cloves, and star anise. All of that mixed together and settled overnight. I would suggest you settle it overnight so that it can be nice and refreshing the next day. If you are a mama-to-be or you do not drink, which is totally fine, we have a mocktail version. And it's all of those ingredients, but it is a white sparkling grape juice. And you use non-alcoholic triple sec instead of orange liqueur. So that is It's a Journey, and it's our fall sangria that is inspired by Keisha and her journey. We love you, Keisha. Love it, love it, love it. (laughs) So if this is your first time listening, we also have another segment called Mama's Corner. So Mama's Corner is our opportunity to connect with our guests further, as well as our listeners. So typically, our listeners will write us in via email or send us a DM or a text. Um, and we kind of discuss it further with our guests. So we did have a question from Mama's Corner, and I thought it was so fitting for this episode because we're all boy moms. And so a boy mom asked me, uh, she asked, how do we keep our femininity in a house full of testosterone? <laughs> so that is a I really thought that good was question. a really good question. Um, and I kind of stumbled a little bit, um, but I'll go first because it's, it's, you know, it took me back a little bit. So I'll give you some time to think since I had time to think on it. But I really um, told her, I was like, you know what? I really take advantage of them having their dad. So right now they're in between like being mama's boys and daddy's boys, right? They come to me for all the nurturing and stuff like that. But when they want to throw the football, they want to ride their bikes. They're not calling me because one, they know I don't like to be out in the heat. So they'll call their dad. And I really take advantage of those moments when they're not in the house. So I'll light a candle I'll do something that makes me feel girly I'll do a mask not that I'm saying these things are only for women but it just makes me feel more like the woman of the house in that moment um and if the boys want to join me in doing a mask that's totally fine um or I make sure I keep my nails up my hair done things like that to make me just feel like I'm not one of the boys because it's easy to feel that way when you're in a house full of boys and men. Everything is Spider-Man. Uh, they got me dressing up as Spider-Woman. Um, just all kind of... And I love the fact that they incorporate me. But it is hard to like be like, okay, I'm the woman of the house. Because I fall into the things that they like to do. And they even try to wrestle me sometimes. And like when I wrestle back, like someone always gets hurt. Like I always do it wrong. And it's like, you don't do it like that. And I'm like, you know what? This ain't for me. So those are some of the things I try to do. I try to make sure the house smells good as well. Um, just try to put my touch on different things. As far as like furniture, I've given up on my house, like looking very nice at this point in time. Maybe when they're six or eight, somewhere around there, I'll revisit decorating my house over. But right now it is what it is. So. <laughs> Keisha, you you can go ahead and go and answer that question. I'll go last. <laughs> Dang, like all of her tips are things that I I lean into and do naturally as well. So mm-hmm. I don't even know if I have too much that's different. Um, I hear you on taking advantage of your husband and mine. He actually naturally started doing this. Um, it'll be like that. Y'all know about that time right after school, daycare, in between bedtime. It's mm-hmm. like the most chaotic slash mm-hmm. what in the world time, time mm-hmm. the kids hungry. It's just a lot going on. And never mind if you're cooking and trying to get the house together. So what he'll do is he'll take the boys on a walk. And even if I'm cooking or I'm just straightening up the downstairs, same as you, Devin, I light that candle. 
I put my Spotify on, I play my vibe playlist, I get my glass of wine, and I just have a moment. And he even said, like, a firm set, he's like, all right, y'all, come on, let's go, give mommy your time, give mommy your time. And it may be only, like, 45 minutes, but those 45 minutes matter. Um, you know, or he'll go in the basement and play with them if they don't go out. Um, and then I would say just, like, keeping up with my beauty appointments, which is not really a good example right now because the way this hat is hanging right now and my nails are getting a break right now. But for the most part, I do try to keep up with my appointments. Um, yeah, like, anybody who knows me knows, like, mm-hmm. I've been about that spa life, that mm-hmm. massage life, okay? Like, facials. Mm-hmm. It's certain things that I think everyone has their guilty pleasure and, like, will spend on. That's me. And mm-hmm. I... I've tried to to still keep that up because you could easily end up in a baseball cap and mm-hmm. and sneakers every day with boys. So yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, I I think y'all have similar responses. Um, as me, I like even our dog is a male. Um, <laughs> I asked Jonathan, I said, because I want another dog. I do. And um, I asked, I said, do you think we should maybe get a girl dog? And he said no. Um, reason being, <laughs> girl dogs have the same things that we have, right? They got mm-hmm. periods and moods and all of that. And I don't know if I can have a, a competing uh, periods in the house. Like, I just, I don't know <laughs> if I can do that, uh, especially not with an animal. So, um, but to answer that question, at least from my lens, I like to do things that I enjoy. So I love candles. Like I will go to Bath and Body Works just to sniff the new collection. I may not buy a candle because it's not on sale, but I want to smell like what are the new flavors for the spring? What are the new flavors for fall? What are the new summer, winter? I love candles. Like that's my thing. Yeah. Um, going out to like home goods or um shop like home decor it it just does something to me and I don't know if it's because we're in a new home now or what but I just love tapping into making my house a home so and not to say that that's only a feminine trait but that is my way of connecting and staying connected to me and essentially the woman who raised me my mom she's a southern belle she kept her house clean she had food on the table every night I don't cook every night I cook for the week but there's there is a meal on on the table Um, so just connecting in that way to myself and my roots is how I I guess I I stay true to my femininity and I'm putting that in quotes because you know femininity can be subjective but Mm-hmm. I do. Um, that's that's just my way. And my my husband and my son know this is what mommy likes to do. Mm-hmm. And mommy likes to go to Target to walk mm-hmm. around and just look. You know, those are things that I like to do. So or buy. Yeah, <laughs> and some, most of the time I walk out with a bag <laughs> from the red so, store. That's what Eli calls Target, the red store. <laughs> the red store. Yeah, I said, "Mommy, are we going to the red store?" Sure. Sure, honey. <laughs> So, yes. I love that. That was a really good question, that. though. That was a good question. Yeah. She stumped me with that one. I was like, ooh. And I was like, ooh, can I ask this on a podcast? She was like, sure. She listened. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Eli just walked in the room. So, if okay. y'all hear young hey, Eli. Eli. <laughs> well, well, this is the real mama pie. There's been plenty of babies <laughs> on here before. yeah but this was really good thank you so much Keisha for your time we love you so much and you know we are always here to support you Keisha if there is a mom or any woman or anybody who wants to connect with you uh, and just maybe lean on and as she goes through her journey postpartum how can she connect with you you can share social media hashtags email whatever you'd like to share yeah, I want Instagram. My my page is private, but um, I will accept you know new friends that I see coming through. Um, but it's Keish Keish dot Michelle um, with two L's. Um, or my email is k dot Faulkner Jenkins at gmail. So. I'm high baby. All right. All and we'll right. All that in the description box as well. So you guys can just click those links and you'll be able to get in contact with Keisha. Yay. Thanks, Keisha. We love you.
Love you both too. Jack could be anywhere on your Thursday nights and you are kicking it with us at the Real Mama Pod. Yes. So, friend, where can they find us on the socials? They can find us wherever they like. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest, and we are at the Real Mama Pod. If you are curious about my life, I'm at Kendra Ferg underscore on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And I'm Kendra Ferguson on Facebook. Okay. And I'm mainly on Instagram. You can follow me at devgrace underscore. Mm-hmm. Um, check out our website if you want to know more about us. Yes. If you want some mama merch, yes. out. we're in our sweatshirts today. Yes. But we have other things on there. We also have rich auntie merch. So check us out. Yes. Uh, you can reach us at www dot the real mama pod <laughs> dot com uh, yes and if you are listening to us of course we need your reviews rate subscribe yes. review us we're on all major platforms yes. and youtube please make sure you leave your review yes we've been working hard on our videos as you if you started with us from day one <laughs> you see it's just getting better with time so continue to be patient with us and we thank you. Yes. And one last thing. If you have something from Mama's Corner. Yes. <laughs> Please write my friend in Mama's Corner. Yes. You can write us at. Mama at the real mama pod dot com. Yep. That's it. All right. <laughs> Until, Until next, next time. time. Bye. Bye.